Okay, well, hello and uh, welcome from to the offside. Uh, today is our I have no idea episode because it's been so long, but it's just Colin and I and possibly Clyde. Uh, Davis is busy. Renee is wrestling, I think, probably. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, he definitely just moved, so there's that. Um, so we'll get into this. We're just going to quickly, since we completely blew it off, talk World Cup thoughts. Colin, we did a bracket challenge for anyone who follows our website. Colin was the champion. So Colin, I'll give you first thoughts. I buy a lot, I will say. You Um, destroyed us all. I did. Um, Yeah, it was bad. It was a fun, I think it was honestly one of the fun World Cups in a while. Um... I don't know if it was because there were, you know, there were a lot of games. A lot of games went to extra time in the uh, knockout rounds, but um, well, it was nice to see like teams with a lot of um, potential play up to that. I think that's fair to say. You know, Belgium finally has kind of played up to their potential. France with the insane amount of talent played up to their potential, and even England, who, you know, I, I, we were talking um, and we've talked, you know, throughout the World Cup before that. If you look at England's roster and just their attacking players, there's no reason that they shouldn't be good. And still, they didn't really score that many goals from the run of play, but no. they, they made the finals. They got fourth place in the World Cup, so that's a huge accomplishment. Um, I definitely do think France was far and away the best player or best team in the entire. Uh, um, the Czech Republic, I don't think, was the same best, though they, you know, they or Croatia, excuse me. Wow. Even though they, I know that's bad. I'm sorry, all of our Czech and Croatian listeners. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm trying to think. If I would have said what was the actual second best team. I guess. But I, I would say Belgium Bill. was the second best team. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree with straight you. Straight through the tournament, and it just happened to be one of those things where. France and Belgium were on the same side of the bracket, so they ended up yeah, playing I, that's right. in the quarters. I, so, I do think Belgium yeah. was better than Brazil. But uh, saying saying all that, I, I would argue Croatia was was probably the best side on that bracket. Like they, they were the most organized. Yeah, and I mean that that's what you need to do to win the World Cup is you, you stay sure. compact, you stay organized, you move as a team, and they were very good at that and. I mean, they de- they deserve to be in the final. Um, I think just you know, uh, their legs caught up with them. They had too many totally games agree. where they didn't put it away, uh, went to stoppage time, and so it, it caught up with them. But did uh, yeah, did they have a game that they in the knockout that they won in regulation? I don't think uh, so. I think they did. Okay, because they went to extra time against. Well, no, yeah, in the knockout first stage, you're right. The first yeah. one they went, and then against England they went to extra time. Uh, against Russia they went to extra time. So yeah, they. I believe they played a full extra game when you totaled up all the extra time. So uh, it was a it was definitely a tall order for them to beat a clearly dominant France team on wobbly legs. And uh, but uh, that being said, they yeah. they still played pretty decently in the final. It was obviously. Uh, they kept it kind of close for a little bit, but in the end, France was just too much. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, I really any, like, don't have much more 
thoughts. It was a fun World Cup. Um, I was really disappointed in South America. Um, I went in big, though. That's why yeah. in our bracket yeah. on South America. Yeah. Um, you know, they claim to be the best division of soccer, but clearly this World Cup proved that uh, UEFA is, I don't know, heads, heads above everyone else. Or, it's true. Um, so that, that was kind of disappointing. I didn't really, outside of Brazil, I was not impressed with a single South American team. I don't know about you. Argentina looked just terrible. Yes. Yeah, so I'm sorry. I'm just going back to Croatia. Croatia. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Croatia went, uh, they, they went penalties to beat Denmark, penalties to beat Russia. Um, then they went to extra time and then yeah, every single one. Um, yeah. Argentina was awful. Uh, Brazil was fine. They just, I, I mean, this might be a hot take, but when Neymar, Neymar tends to play with Brazil, like he is the best player on the team, which is true. But what made him so valuable for Barcelona was that he wasn't, and he played as a striker and would take his turn. He would, would move off the ball for people. He would run into space. He wouldn't too much because that's what Messi does. Um, and while, while Neymar is really, really, really good and probably the third best player in the world, I don't think Brazil can win when he plays like that because he he absorbs defenders, but only to himself. He's not taking them away from other people. Well, he is, but he's losing the ball, I think. Yeah. You know, he's I losing think... the ball. He's playing a dumb cross. He's taking a shot. He's not just... It, it just feels like when he plays with Brazil that... He doesn't play within Brazil's system. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and that's that's the problem. That he tries to take on too much, and it hurts him. And that might even be the same problem with Messi with Argentina, is that you know he's so great in Barcelona's system, but he's just I don't I don't know if it's a terrible system for um <clears throat> for Argentina or what, but he's just he's not yeah. the same player with them. That's fair. Um, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I don't know. Wow. Um, was this real? Did Croatia really have 61% of possession in the World Cup final? Against yeah, they might have. I mean, but uh, at, that same, at that same point, France was up what, you know? Yeah. So that, two goals. Like, they, who cares? That leads me to a question I wanted to ask you. Did you notice any, any stylistic um, kind of new stylistic changes were happening in the World Cup this year? By any chance, aside from you know, everyone high-pressing and all that stuff? Yeah, I was going to say, there seemed to be a lot of uh, high press. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that that's what ultimately killed Germany. They just could yeah. not handle anyone's pressure, um, mm-hmm. which was interesting and weird. I mean, I obviously, I was high on Germany going into the World Cup. Um, so that was a shocker. I was also weirdly high on Poland, and they were just awful. They were terrible. Um, live update, not that this will matter, but Brighton is now up 3-1 to one on Manchester United. That was also a terrible penalty call. I missed the call, but uh, oh, he went the right way. He took like a very heavy touch, and it was going to go out of bounds, and like the tackle came late, but that. it wouldn't have mattered. Um, it is what it is, though, you know? Don't, if you're going to um, slide the box, clean tackle. Um, but Let's see. Um, I think, like we kind of talked about with Croatia, I think the biggest takeaway for stylistic was um, Croatia's style out was perfect, I think, for a World Cup. 
They stayed organized the entire time. They looked like they had fluidity. Uh, they had, I, I guess what really helped them is they had Luka Modric, so, yeah. who completely just is a key master in unlocking other teams. Um, he, he won player of the tournament for a reason. So, uh, yeah. I mean, he carried them. He might not have scored all the goals, but they definitely would not have scored had it not been for him. So, sure. Um, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts. I think you might be hinting at something we've talked about before, which is you don't necessarily need to win the possession battle to win games. Yeah, I think I think that's one thing I did see is that possession is not necessarily going away, but I think we're instead of that Spanish style because you know, I think now we're realizing that only Spain can do that, and that's fine. But instead of that Spanish style of tiki taka with the short passes and movement and killing you, you know, death by a thousand cuts, you've got teams that are organized. They move forward with the ball. <clears throat> They're still playing out of the back, but it's much more direct. And it's also much more um, efficient, I think, is the, the term I would use. When France yeah. is, is going on these counterattacks, you, I expect them to score. And it's, it, you know, it's, a lot, it's a lot more, it's more like a basketball fast break to me. It's like three um, passes. Yeah, they're, they're, they're using these fast breaks by getting the ball and they're immediately looking to transition instead of slowing the play and getting organized. Um, and I wonder, teams will counter that. I mean, teams have countered the tiki-taka. You can just defend, and if you can defend for long enough, you can win one game. And, and in these knockout tournaments, that's all that matters. Um, yeah, I mean, prime example would be every time Atletico beats Barcelona. Atletico's yeah. like, okay, we're just going to absorb all this pressure, and when you guys are tired from doing this, we're just going to counterattack and score. And they're going to be ruthlessly efficient at it. I mean, they've got – I think that's that's a great point because they have uh, Antoine Griezmann, who was really, really good for France. And oh my, he can so – in general. On the break, he can do anything. They can – you know, Mbappe, you can hit Mbappe on the break, and he's going to score. And that's exactly what they look to do. Um, there was the great – like halftime video of uh, France's coach in the locker room at the World <laughs> Cup final, and he kept saying, "Like, get the ball to Killian." He's like, "When we when we get the ball, get it to Killian," because he knows he will run at goal, and he knows that's where this team is going to be vulnerable because they're you know just kind of possessing the ball, passing, running, and I think it's fair to say that moment never looked too big for Mbappe as well. No, he's he, yeah, that was it was kind of crazy seeing him just like. Ca- be casually efficient and fast and He's everything. still so much a teenager, though, when he yeah. runs. Mm-hmm. He's still got that gangly gait of, like, hey, I'm not completely grown. <laughs> but he's, what, 19? So Yeah, and he's not, a, he's not a big guy. I think I always thought he was a bigger guy than he was. Um, but he's, he's, like, 5'10", so he's not yeah. huge, and he's thin. I imagine he'll fill out a little bit, but... Um, yeah. yeah. What do you think his – so he kind of played as a winger slash striker for for France. And, he, you know, that's sort of what he does for uh, PSG. What do you think his uh, eventual final position is? Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think I think at some point he's going to become a 10, right? Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think he's got a technical – he'll get the technical chops and he'll be a very efficient 10. I think that's his ultimate destiny. I think we're seeing more, and this is a little bit different, but I think we're seeing more tens uh, that are playing as wingers who float into the middle. So when you have that 4-3-3, 
Um, I don't, I'm, this isn't, I'm not saying anything that's, you know, brand new, but when you play the four, three, three, you can play essentially two sixes and an eight in that middle three. So you've got these two defensive midfielders and you've got one eight who's going to go box to box and help link play. Yeah. Um, and then the two kind of wing parts of the, the top three, I, I think we're seeing a lot more tens playing on that wing where they can be fast and they can act like this secondary striker that you would have in a in a traditional four four two, the small guy, but they can also cut inside and play that creative role. You know, Griezmann does yeah. that all the time too. So yeah, and, and it's always helpful to have an actual good, strong holding striker in that scenario. I think that's the key if yes. you're going to do the two outside yep. winger tens. All right. Well, uh, I think I can safely wrap up our World Cup thoughts. Um, just a friendly reminder, Davis colluded with Russia in the World Cup. So that also happened. Um, all right. Let's uh, quickly touch on EPL transfer talk. Um, before we get into specific teams, do you have any thoughts about the English shortened transfer window? I kind of liked it. I, I uh, The only flaw in it is that Everyone else's isn't shortened because they're, you know, unlike England, their league didn't start until today or next week or whatever. So yeah. they get to not wait. I, I, it was always weird to me that the, the first game of the season was always a strange time of, of thinking like, well, this game almost doesn't count because this isn't the way the team will look in three weeks. Um, yeah. And now that's not the case anymore. And I think that's, I, I think that's much better, frankly. I think this uh, is going to put more more force these teams to take the preseason more seriously because they're going to yeah. have to be like instead of using the first couple games of the EPL season to be like, well, this isn't what our team will look like. We're going to add a couple players if we think we're not sufficient here. This is going to force big players to play in the preseason mm-hmm. for teams to actually be able to judge what they have and what they don't have, yeah. um, uh, which which is interesting, but I, I think it's still dumb, like you said, that it's not the same as other leagues. And like right now, as a United fan, I, I've been dealing with like, is Pogba going to go to Barcelona? And it's like, I thought the window was closed. What the f? Like, yeah, but, you can still sell, sell, which is strange. Yeah. So so it's definitely interesting. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's going to be good for preseason, which will also, I mean, not that any of these English teams need more money, but it's obviously going to help them generate more money when the teams are basically like, hey, I don't care that you're a superstar. You have to go to preseason. We need to figure out what we have yeah. if we need to add someone and then, then you know, more revenue. So yeah. hooray for Americans going to watch big clubs, I guess. <laughs> um so there's that. So uh, now let's we can get into specific teams. Do you want to quickly talk about the very busy transfer window for Everton? Yeah, um, Everton's transfer window started out pretty silent. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, You're good. We, uh, well, not we. The Everton um, didn't really do much during the World Cup, and it was getting kind of nervous. You know, there were a lot of rumors. I guess I should preface it by saying uh, Everton a couple years ago signed Steve Walsh, I think was his name, the guy that was the architect of the Leicester City team that won the championship. And, every, and you know, the thought was, oh, he can do the same thing. He can find all these English diamonds in the rough. And then he did a terrible job at Everton. Uh, so he signed Marcel Brands from PSV to do a revamp of the entire 
kind of team system. How and, many times, by the way, this yeah. is just random, but yeah. how many times when you're quickly scrolling through an article, if you see PS, you just go, oh, PSG, and then you're like, oh, wait, PSG. Yeah. I do that all the time. Um, and so that World Cup, there were a lot of rumors, um, rumors specifically about uh, Chucky Lozano from P, uh, from PSV, where he where Marcel Brands came from. Who Chucky Lozano mm-hmm. is still on PSV, which is very strange to me. Um, mm-hmm. Some other rumors floating around. Then finally, after you know a couple of weeks ago, they finally sign Lucas Dine from uh, Barcelona, who's a left back. Um, wasn't able to break into Barcelona's team, but is a good young French left back um, to kind of replace Leighton Baines. They're going to kind of slowly bring him in. Excellent. Excellent signing. Uh, the preseason games weren't going well, though. Um, Everton, I don't even they, – they won one game against some, like, Austrian 20th division side 22 to nothing. And aside from that, it was really bad. The defense is looking terrible. and They have – Everton's center back depth is just atrocious. So they – on the transfer deadline day, they made – they took – in my opinion of the season was really negative. I thought Everton was going to just – Beat crappy teams, lose to good teams, and tie all the teams in the middle, and finish about anywhere between 14th and 18th, or an eighth, and not compete and be boring. But then they make some great signings. They first signed uh, Jerry Mina, Jerry Mina from Barcelona, center back, another Barcelona guy. With him, they got Andres Gomez on loan. Who knows if he's going to play ever, but he's on the team. Um, and they also grabbed – let me check my notes because I've forgotten uh, – a guy named Bernard on a free transfer um, from, I believe, Shakhtar Donetsk. So that should, that's a good signing to a young Brazilian. Um, he's one of those crafty wing players who can also cut in as a 10. Um, and they grabbed Kurt Zuma on loan from Chelsea. So they went from having awful center back for depth to two brand-new center backs, both of whom are good. Um, I mm-hmm. think Davis would agree that Kurt Zuma is very good. He has lots of Premier League experience. He's like 22. Yeah, he's pretty solid. Jerry Mina is also young. And they're all very young. That's the, the key with all of these players. They're all, I believe, under 26. Um, except Andres Gomez, but I don't – he's just alone. I, that was mostly a favor to Arsenal – or uh, Arsenal um, – Barcelona. Gotcha. Um, that and uh, – I lied. He's 25. So there you go. He's young too. Um, the biggest addition was an addition by not subtraction of uh, Ademola Lookman. He will be he was a really crafty attacking player who fell out of favor with the previous regime and got loaned to RB Leipzig of the Bundesliga last year and was great. So he really wanted to leave Everton, but they're like, no, we're not going to sell you for anything less than whatever their value was, and he's still there. So we'll see how it goes. Gotcha, gotcha. No, I'm optimistic is the, the whole thing. I'm, I'm optimistic that they can compete for the positions of five through seven. Yeah. I, I mean, based on the first two games, it, it's hard to say that they won't be able to do yeah. that. I know the first game was kind of a little uh, – obviously, you hope for a win on your first game, but um, you guys came up against a, a yeah. decent squad. Like, I mean, clearly, I think we would both agree that they're going to be mid-table, so. Yeah, Wolves will be fine. But it was, you know, Everton was up one to nothing in controlling the game and then went down to 10 men on a 
what I think was a bad red card call. Following that, a wonder goal scored by Wolves who moved the ball up 10 yards before they kicked it, which is kind of astonishing that they got away with it. Um, And then Everton still tied. You know, to come away with that from that match uh, on the road with 10 men and still get a draw was really, really – that was big. So undefeated, three points, three points from two games. Would have liked to have six, but it's okay. That's fine. I thought you guys have four points. We have four points. You're right. Would have liked to have six, but you're right. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, we'll just move on to um, Chelsea real quick for Davis. Um, they've had a really weird off season in that they went through some manager turmoil. Davis screamed about the board a lot. Um, no one responded to him, so he just continued to do it except louder. Um, so yeah, I guess first things first, they have a new manager in Sorry. Um, so. Chelsea just going straight Italian manager to Italian yeah. manager. Um, I think the big thing for them, uh, according to Davis at least, is that they currently have Matteo Kovacic, I think that's how you say his last name, uh, came in on a loan uh, from Real Madrid. Um, he obviously plays for Croatia as well. Uh, or played for Croatia in the World Cup. He's 24. He's very good. And Davis is hoping that there's a buy clause so that they can buy them from Real um, the other thing that they did, uh, they shipped off Courtois, their keeper, and brought in uh, Kepa from Atletico. Uh, so that that was a, a huge need. They had to replace Courtois, who is arguably one of what top top three keepers in the world, I would say. Yeah, they kind of so, bungled that uh, signing. I think it's worth noting. Oh um, my god, it was so bad. They way overpaid for Kepa, and they, it's they, not to say Kepa's not good, but. 80 million for a keeper when you gave away your keeper for 35 million. They overpaid exactly, and they undersold. Um, they were the rumors were that I had seen were that they were coming after Jordan Pickford, and Everton said 70 million pounds or GTFO, and they didn't want to pay that. I don't know how 70 million pounds transfers to euros, um, but I will look quickly. I know this is exciting. Radio. So that's only that's less than eighty million euros. So I'm not really sure why they didn't just say, "Sure, here's here's seventy five million pounds for Pickford," um, unless Pickford really didn't want to go, and Everton was just saying, "We're not selling him at all." But, yeah, uh, it, I mean, I'm very happy that they sold Courtois too. Uh, that that pretty much helps United keep the hay. So. Uh, yeah. They could have uh, done a swap, too. Kaylor Navas is really, really good. They could have just... Yeah, I'm them. a little confused why everyone's out on Navas. Because uh, he is from uh, North America, is why. Oh, well, that's, but that's I mean... It. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, he... Sure, he made a couple mistakes for Real, but, like, he was not, not, not a problem. Uh, I think is fair to say. Um, do we want to yeah. talk about City real quick? Uh, they had a pretty quiet window. Um, Go for it. I have no clue what they did. I mean, the big move for them, that they really didn't need to super shore up their team as proven last year, was that they brought in Riyad Mahrez so, uh, from Leicester. Uh, so that, that was pretty much the big thing that they did. Um, you know, when you run away with the league by 19 points last year, um, clearly, you don't have to shore up too much. Um, so I would say that, you know, 
they didn't really need to have a bigger uh, transfer window. I think the thing to note about City's transfer window, though, uh, is just that they were rumored to have be in on a lot of players, and players turned them down uh, and went elsewhere. Um, I don't know if you noticed that, but it, it came up quite a bit. I didn't notice it, but I'm, I don't blame them. I, why would you want to just go sit on City's bench? Yeah, um, I think, you know, that's definitely a point. Um, I'm just wondering how much of it has to do with Pep. Like, I know City is very deep and, you know, going there means you're probably going to sit on their bench. But I wonder if players are just thinking, like, I'm not going to fit in Pep's system. Like, I'm, it's not worth me to go there, you know? Maybe. I don't um, think he gets a lot of guys, though, that aren't made for his system, at least to his credit. Yeah, I think he's always been pretty smart about finding the guys who fit his system. Yeah. Like, it, it's his system's so specific. If he were to try and, you know, get a 27 or 28-year-old and try and bring him into his system who had never played before, yeah. you know, it, I just I don't know how well it would work. Yeah. Um, yeah, I Pep's... Pep's definitely a great manager, but he is very particular, and yeah, because of that, I feel like he just has to have you know, yeah, his specific players. Um, I I hate to cut City short, but uh, I I just don't have a lot of thoughts. I mean, they ran away with the league. What do you need to do? You know, yeah, um, nothing, nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at on that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, uh, moving on, we'll just do United real quick. United had a, also a shockingly quiet uh, window. Um, their big signing was Fred uh, from Shakhtar. Uh, but outside of that, they signed an extra goalkeeper, which, you know, backups are always good. Mm-hmm. Um, and they signed a young defender in Diego Dalot from FC Porto, um, but he's he's 19. He's not going to play. Um, so the big issue with United was they needed center-back help. Uh, they needed wing-back help, and they did nothing to address that. Um, they let Daily Blind go. They loaned out some of their young center-backs uh, and wing-backs um, to get hopefully get them more playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it became an issue of, Josie versus the board. And um, I think if anyone's listened to this podcast, when Davis goes on his Josie rants uh, or Jose or however, I don't know anymore. uh, However you want to say, Davis has always said that he does not get along with the board and causes problems. And I mean, there's been rumors with United that the board was just like, no, you need to develop some of this young talent. Like we spent a lot of money last year. Like, what are you doing kind of situation and who just really knows maybe it is the board being tight or maybe it's the board saying we lost by 19 players or 19 points last year we got second we got knocked out early in the champions league by a a team who wasn't better um and then to top all of that off the players who you were who were your first choice players went elsewhere and now you're like, well, this is my backup. Well, your backup still costs a lot of money. If you didn't get your first choice, why would we shell out for someone you're not confident? So yeah. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, I think it might actually just be the board saying, hey, you know, 
you have these young, talented players. Um, we got you Sanchez in the winter transfer market. He still hasn't developed well. You have Rashford. You have Marshall. Why Why would we go out there and get an, another winger? You have players you can easily convert to a winger. No, I think you're right. Um, especially they finished second last year. They were good last year. They didn't yeah. win the league, and I think that's fine that they were – that Man United was frustrated, but they finished second, and they – I'm not sure what they could have done to finish higher than second unless they had a better coach that's not a crazy person. Yeah, and um, I I, don't, I honestly don't think even that would have mattered. I yeah, think I don't either. Just far superior than everyone else last year. Yeah. They're probably going to be far superior than everyone else this year. Sorry, any Liverpool fans who listen to us, I know that you guys beat them, but you also lose to stupid teams. So yeah, there's that. Uh, hi, welcome to United losing to Brighton. So... Uh, I'm not one to talk, um, but yeah, uh, I think that, you know, 19 points is a lot and the players that they were trying to bring in was not going to close out a 19, 19 point gap. So maybe, yeah. maybe they're right to just kind of wait out the pep thing. Um, at some point, I feel like pep does this thing where he gets bored and he moves on and then that team becomes much more manageable to beat. I mean, were what two years removed from Pep at Bayern, right? Yep. And uh, I, th- I, I would say the Bundesliga is more competitive. I, I think Dortmund has a, a real chance of winning the Bundesliga this year, and I don't think I'm crazy for saying that. I don't think you're crazy, but man, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it will be. But I mean, Dortmund's got a lot of players who have been in the same system, who are young and talented, and if they stop dropping stupid points to teams. They could easily win. I, I just don't see why it couldn't happen. Um, and and that's kind of you know Bayern's thing is, and th- that's what good teams do. They don't they don't drop stupid points. Um, and that's why Bayern's good. I mean, how often do you hear about Bayern losing to an inferior opponent? Well, I mean, it's also the Bundesliga. Yeah, which that's is true. A, it's solid league, but they can just cherry pick any player they want from any team. And, yeah, they do do yeah. that. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that can wrap up transfer. Um, I, I, well, we should touch on it. Tottenham did nothing, uh, which was shocking. Wasn't that the first time ever in the EPL history that a team didn't bring in a player? Yep, it sure was. Uh, so I, I think that's worth noting. Um, it, Tottenham has a good team. I mean, but to not bring anyone else in is shocking. And then they had offers for players and – didn't sell. Uh, I know United made an offer for their center back, uh, Alter Wind, or however you say his name, Alter Wind? Alter Wind? Alter Wild. Alter Wild. Alter Wild. That's it. Thank you. Good Lord, I'm bad at pronunciation. Um, and and they, they wouldn't sell him. Um, they wanted players back in return and wanted money, and that just obviously wasn't going to work. You know, you ask for Marshall plus $40 million for a center back. Obviously, you're going to get turned down. That's just... That would be bad business on United's part. Um, yeah. You know, if I, th- I think if it would have been a swap for swap, that's fine. Like, that sucks. I don't want to see Marshall go, but he would definitely get more playing time, and I think he would strive in Pocatino's system, uh, Pocatini uh, system. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I, let's not talk about Arsenal because they're 0-2. Well, I think I, I, I was kind of on the on the what-the-heck-is-Tottenham-doing side. Um yeah, but I was talking to a Tottenham fan actually recently, and oh, 
and said, you know, what do you think about that? He's like, well, you know, I was kind of bummed, but then I realized, you know, we got, I think they were third last year. Um, and they had a lot of injuries. They did. Uh, this year, if they're, if they're healthy this year, they should be better. And that said, the things that I think you should always strengthen every year are the players in the very middle of the field. So striker, center midfielders, and your center backs. Yeah. And I, I feel unless like they're going to, yeah. Oh. I mean, that's the common like opinion, but unless yeah. they're going to strengthen, who are they going to get to be better than their center players? And I don't think, I think that'd be really hard to do. It, they've got arguably one of the best spines in the entire Premier League. So if the spine can stay healthy, that's yeah. what you do. I mean, that's that's the conventional wisdom on building the team is exactly, a strong, yeah. a, yep. get your strong core spine and then build, build yep. out. Um, yep. and, and, and that's proven. It's always successful. It's the smart thing to do. Um, I think you start with a strong center back pair. Yep, and they've got it. Striker, striker, and then then kind of fill in the other middle pieces. But uh, yeah, they definitely do. Harry Kane. I mean, say what you will about Harry Kane, but he's a proven goal scorer. Yep. Um, he's great in their system, and they're a good team. And they have they have a good wing player in Ericsson. I, I rave about him all the time. I think he's underrated. Um, he had a great World Cup too. Yeah, he really did. Um, so they're going to be a fun team. They're obviously, I think, going to finish in the top four. Um, I think it's safe to say right now that Tottenham, City, and Liverpool are your top three. The fourth spot is going to be up for grabs. I, I really feel that way. I think Chelsea has a real stake claim there uh, to get that fourth spot. Um Obviously, United will be mentioned in that, but with their performance today, who knows what's going to happen there. Yeah. Uh, we can get to that. Um, Arsenal, I know they've started 0-2, but you have to think they're going to turn it around. Um, and then I, I, I don't think it's crazy to say Everton has a legit chance to maybe finish in the top four. I don't. I, I, don't, I, I don't think it's crazy, but I, I think five, six, seven is where we'll be. And that's okay. That's fine for yeah. this year. That's all. That's totally fine. No, and I totally – I'm basing this on you You just don't know what other teams are going to do. And if Everton can do what they're doing, you know, with – when they played Wolves, they, they, they grinded out a draw. Um, they yeah. probably should have won that game. I, I think it's fair to say they were the better team. But yep. it, they did what good teams do, and they found a way to get points when they needed points. And, I think uh, yeah. I, I just don't feel like that's something Everton did last year. And it looks the like only, they're going to be able to do it. The only optimism I have is that, not only optimism, I think the, the optimism I have that they could finish in the top four is that last year, Everton had one of the worst, least fun seasons I can remember. They were in a, essentially a relegation battle for a while. Where, yeah, guess, that was weird. Guess where they finished last year? Just guess. Uh, I believe they finished eighth. Exactly an eighth. Yeah. And if you look at the teams ahead of them, Really, only Burnley is the team that you don't want to finish ahead. The rest are the big six teams. And, you know, I think Everton definitely is better than they were last year. So that's at least eighth. They got better than Burnley, for sure. Yeah. Did they get better than any of the other top? I don't know. Maybe. Well, it'll definitely be interesting. I mean, that's why they play the game, you know. Uh, And I was right the first time. It is Pochettino. So, uh, not Pochettini. Uh, I feel stupid. I think it's I, I think it's Pochettino, but well, Pochettino. Uh, he's yeah. he's Argentine, right? 
He is. Uh, I, I keep thinking he's Italian, and that's probably why I'm adding the guy. He's Argentine. Uh, yeah, so he's a very good manager. Um, I, I really think he has changed the culture at Tottenham. I, I yeah. don't think you can argue that. Uh, he's been a, a success there, and I am constantly surprised that he has not been stolen by Arsenal, Chelsea, or United. Um, obviously, City set with their coach. Liverpool set with their coach. But uh, He's getting paid well. I don't know what he's looking for, though. Yeah, but I mean, or, or or even another big team like Real could have come in and stole him with Zidane retiring. Uh, it, it's yeah. just interesting to me, like, what he's done there. I know he hasn't won any trophies, but he's been so close, and he has completely changed that team. Yeah, on on what I would argue is a tight budget, um, yeah, and he's he's definitely a proven developer of talent. True. Uh, so uh, well, that's enough Tottenham. I know. Yeah, I don't think any of us are Tottenham fans particularly. I know Davis hates them, so uh, he's going to be mad we even talked about them. Uh, let Let's move into start of the season. Um, let's just uh, real quick. I'll, I'll talk about City real quick. Um, they're fucking good. Uh, yeah. End of discussion. Do you need to say anything? They won six one no. today. They, they fucking thrashed. Yeah, uh, who they I, were playing. I don't yeah. care about City. Like I and Renee. I hope Renee listens to this and sends me not angry. Facebook he can say whatever he like, wants. I hope he sends me ridiculous ones. I just I I have no respect for Pep's system because it's great and cool and interesting. But when you just buy the best players in the world, then it's like great. What what do you expect to happen? Like you have. You bought, know- You've bought a 6-1 victory. Congratulations. What do you want me to do? Buy you a cake and tell you you're the greatest coach ever? No, you have the best players. Cool. Yeah, let, let's Man. talk about that um, because I think that's – Pep has never gone anywhere where he hasn't had an unlimited budget. No, never. He's <laughs> always so been at the like, richest team in the league. Every yeah, league he's been in. It's like, cool, so congrats. Yeah, your system's great, but you've never – he's never built a team up to do it. Like, no, you know, no, he can with, sure with pick a limited any budget. Yeah. So yeah. I, th- I think I you're totally fair. And uh, I think the real question becomes is, is we're going to do the NBA take here. Is city bad for the EPL? Uh, 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 that's no, I, I'm happy to talk about that. I, yeah, I don't I think mean, it's bad it's for a, the EPL. I think it question. shows, I think to me, it shows the flaw in the EPL system. Um, it's great and all to have a league, and I'm frankly a proponent of this. I wish the NBA would do it, but a league where once your regular season's done, it's over, and you're like, well, this team was the best, and they won it in March, uh, and the season went three more months. Congratulations, everyone. I hope you had fun uh, watching your team, like convincing yourself that your team's relegation battle was interesting. Um, but oh, That was sad. <laughs> it would, I mean, they've got the FA Cup that, again, only a few teams care about, but man, wouldn't it be more fun if there were playoffs. It would be interesting. It'd be so uh, fun. Like MLS gets that right, I think. The supporter shield is becoming muchly maligned because you've got idiot teams like the Sounders who are garbage okay. for who are garbage for a full half a year and they're like, ah, oh, we'll figure it out in September and we'll be fine by then. We'll win up six games in a row and then let's they settle, do it. Let's settle down. We'll uh we'll, we'll get to MLS talk and you watch your mouth. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, no, it's not bad for the league, and it'll change. City, Pep will leave, and he has one to two more years left. If they win 18 trophies, then, like, I mean, I'm happy to say they're the greatest team ever, but I'll happily, I'd prefer to say, you know, they're the greatest team that money can buy. And that's well, the fact. Uh, 
I, I think it's safe to say last year with all of their sex success. Uh, not yeah, I know. Wow, uh, not not the greatest team ever. Uh, and, and no, Renee they lost will, in the Champions League. Yeah, Renee will make this point every time. He's like, I do not care about winning the EPL. We did not bring Pep in to win the EPL. We have the money. We can do that with any manager. And he's right. He's like, we brought Pep in to win the Champions League. And I think the question is starting to become, can Pep win the Champions League again? He has, what, not won it since he was at Barcelona, where he had yeah. the best player in the world. Yeah, he never, he never won it. In, no, Bayern, he did yeah. not win it at Bayern. He made the championship, I think, twice uh, and lost. Interesting. Uh, so I, I think that's a fair criticism of Pep is when you don't have the best player in the world. Can you yeah. win the Champions League? And clearly that's why Bayern brought him in. That's why City brought him in. Uh, these teams are going to win their league. You know, well, City not as much, obviously. Uh, not not as much of a shoe-in as Bayern. But you, you bring him in because you want the Champions League success. Yeah. Um, and so until that happens, I think Rene has every reason to be upset. And, uh, you know, uh, that's something that's eluded City. And, you uh, other teams can hold that over them. Chelsea, yeah. Davis can rub that in Renee's face all day if he wants. I can rub that in his face all I want. Um, Nottingham of, Forest can. A lot of face uh, rubbing. <laughs> yeah, watch out, watch out, Renee. Nottingham Forest is going to come in with those 1960s uh, European Championship trophies and just rub it in City's face, and there's nothing you can do about it. Nice. Uh, so, uh, but I. Obviously, I think, you know, they have a realistic chance to win it this year, uh, especially with Zidane and Ronaldo leaving um, leaving Real. Uh, that, that I think the Champions League is going to be very interesting this year. I, I think the question becomes, can City and PSG get over the hump? Um, Barcelona is obviously going to be good. Um, but, you know, Champions League hasn't started. That's another day, another discussion. But I think that's enough on City. It's safe to say they're the front runner to win it all. Uh, Liverpool seems to be their best uh, challenge. Is Clyde Clyde there? Yeah. Can you hear him? I, I heard I heard clicky clickies on the was, floor. He's actually he's like no he's laying on the um, rug inside of in the front of my like back door because I'm podcasting. <laughs> he just wants to be near me. Okay, so this has been hello from the dog side. Hello uh, from the dog side. <laughs> hi, 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 Clyde. <laughs> um, so, all right, we'll uh, move on real quick. Um, I believe. Do you want to talk about? I mean, we've kind of touched on Everton season. I, yeah, I think we've. I think else? we've touched on them. I'm, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm optimistic. We Everton have a really, really easy schedule to start, even including Arsenal. Uh, they play yeah. Bournemouth, West Ham, and I think Huddersfield still before Arsenal. So those think, have to be, I mean, from those three matches, you've got to get like six to, or seven to nine points. Can't yeah, lose. I, I definitely agree. And I think you guys are going to catch Arsenal at the perfect time. Arsenal's ego has to be, and confidence has to be a wreck right now. Um, obviously, they went against two really good teams in City yeah. and Chelsea yesterday. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's not good to start the season 0-2. It's really hard to recover from that. I know there's a lot of games, and I don't think Arsenal has to worry about relegation, obviously. Um, but but starting 0-2 is big, and under a new manager, there's going to be a lot of questions, a lot of extra pressure. So I think Everton could 
could sneak out a win there. I, I don't think that's yeah. unreasonable. I mean, the way Everton's season lines up, just looking at the schedule, they really don't have, you know, you'll, you'll get a, a, a time when a team will, excuse me, run up against the schedule. And, and they'll get, they'll have a week where it's Man United, then they're at Liverpool, then it's home against Chelsea. But we've got a, essentially the hardest stretch that I'm seeing in 2018 is Man United uh, away, then we are home to Brighton, and then we're away at Chelsea, and then we've got Cardiff City, and then a home or at Liverpool. Like ah, those the are old, the old French team. Cardiff. So, but that's that's every other week. But if you can supplement the, that those three tough games in a month and a half period by winning against Brighton and Cardiff at home, and then finishing out with a win against Newcastle and then Watford, that's you can lose those three games. Like you can just straight up lose those games away, and it's not a big deal. And I, I honestly don't think you guys lose to United. You Everton always plays United tough. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt. And United's going to be coming off of a tough game with Chelsea um, yeah. the week before. So exactly. Uh, just to throw that out there, uh, at Chelsea and then hosting Everton, those are two tough games uh, for United. Um, and I think United's clearly proving right now that they're not going to be able to skate through games. That's I mean, fair. Depending, they are getting yeah. smashed by Brighton. Um, Depending where Man U is at that time, and if Everton play as they have and should, Everton will be in the top four on October 27th when they play Man U. Because between, now and, then, between now and then, they have Bournemouth away, Huddersfield at home, West Ham at home, Arsenal away, Fulham at home, Leicester away, Crystal Palace at home. Like, that's one difficult game. Yeah, so, and I mean, yeah. the thing about Crystal Palace is how close were they to getting relegated last year? Like a point? Or were it, was it goal differential? I thought Crystal uh, Palace was fine Was fine last year. Maybe I'm, I could be wrong. <laughs> Crystal Palace is okay, but uh, I'm just, that's a great, it's a really exciting schedule. I'm, I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you be? So... Uh, let's see. Last year, oh, Crystal Palace finished eleventh last year. Yeah, yeah, they were they were fine, and they're they're I better was this year. Thinking of Southampton, that was my mistake. Uh, and we beat them yesterday. Yes, you did. Um, so, is there anything else you really want to touch on with Everton, or if we? No, I'm of... I'm good. I'm optimistic. I'm good. Okay, um, we've discussed City. Uh, Davis sent me some Chelsea thoughts real quick. Uh, he said. Marcus Alonso was man of the match yesterday for him, which he found surprising. Uh, so far, he thinks they look good under Sarri. Um, they're exciting, fun. Um, but he said, you know, they kind of have a porous defense, which, uh, you know, is kind of a catch-22. Games will be fun uh, if they continue to score and other teams score. You know, you're going to get those games like they had yesterday with Arsenal, where it ends up being 3-2. Which, I mean, probably not fun for Davis, but fun for an outside fan to watch. Yeah. Um, you like games where it's, you know, a little excitement. Both teams are running at each other. And uh, if, if that's the case, um, yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, I mentioned this already. He really likes uh, Kovacic. Uh, and he's hoping that he there's a buy clause for them to yeah. obtain his services permanently. Uh, that would be very... Very interesting if Real chose to do that. Um, especially, I, again, I think he had a good World Cup. Um, so that that kind of wraps up for Chelsea. They're obviously 2-0. and They're playing well. Uh, I think that they're probably going to finish in the top four. Yeah. Um, I think they're the better side compared to 
Arsenal and United right now. Um, so they have a real chance to finish top four and who knows they could compete uh, for the top. You just never know. Um, uh, we can go into United right now. Um, they're sad. They're people aren't happy with Jose and all of that crap. They're currently getting smashed by an inferior opponent. Three uh, one. Um, they beat Leicester, but who knows if they're going to be good. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just sad. Uh, you know, we didn't do a lot in the transfer window. I don't see us being that good. I think we'll finish top six. Um, do we deserve to be top six? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but we also have a shit ton of money, so we can buy top six. We're in the same position City is. If you're going to critique City for buying a title, you could easily do it for United because they could do the same thing if they just open their wallets. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, just fair play is fair play. I mean, I'm going to criticize City. I'm going to criticize United for the same thing. Uh, sure. Uh, obviously, I think we kind of talked about this. The big news was Zidane has come out and expressed his interest in if he's going to coach somewhere, he'd like to coach at United. And there was very serious conversation about should United just straight fire Jose right now and get Zidane and bring him in. Um, it's an interesting proposition. I, I, what are your thoughts? Uh, no, I don't know if Zidane's good. He won some champions leagues with really good teams. So I don't, I don't know why we would think he's good. I, God, I love that answer. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. I'm just angry. Uh, I'm so angry at teams that can spend money and Everton can now, but it's like, why, why should we think you're a great coach? Like Zidane, the only thing Zidane did was he wasn't like rigid and didn't have an intense system. He just was like, I have good players and I will put them out there and I will say, go play some good soccer and do goals. Thank you. Bye. Be, be the good boys. Thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah, no, I, t- I totally agree. Uh, I've said it a million times on this podcast and I will continue to say it. If United go a different way, please, for the love of God, hire Pochettino. Yeah. However you say his name, I don't care. I think he would get the most out of United's players. They have young talent. Um, I, Lukaku is still relatively young. Pogba's young. You have Marshall, who's young. You have Rashford, who is young. You have Bailey, Bali. Lukaku's not relatively young. young. Lukaku is 27. 25. 25, is he? Yeah. He's sure he's young. Yeah. I was going to say, he's very young. Like, And I, I think that's why you go after him as a manager. You have this young talent. He has a track record of getting the most out of this talent. Yeah. Um, I, I just think he would be exciting. He would also look at Ashley Young and be like, why do we have a 50-year-old man playing wingback? Like, Ashley what are we Young's doing? good. Stop hating on Ashley Young. He's good. He is good, and I should give him a lot good. more credit. He has completely reinvented himself twice. Yeah, he's really good. Uh, but I just I don't see how you have Ashley Young as your wingback and compete for titles. That's all I'm saying. That's my complaint about Ashley Young. That's fair. Um, so yeah, uh, that, I don't really want to talk about United. They're sad right now. They're a train wreck. Uh, Jose's doing that thing where it's a year three and he's just going to piss and he's going to do scorch earth tactic and just piss on the board and do this and that. And probably, yep. So that'll be fun for me, except I'm not excited. So, uh, here's hoping for top four. Uh, I think that's their peak. I don't think they have a realistic chance to win the league. Uh, I'd be excited if they just 
went all out in the Champions League, and that was what they were doing this year. Uh, but I also don't think they have a realistic chance of winning the Champions League. So, LOL, we'll see. Uh, let's let's get to MLS. Uh, the MLS season is what three fourths of the way finished at this point. I'd say at least two thirds. Yeah, I think it's probably uh, two thirds. Yeah, if not three fourths. Yeah, so uh, it, it, I think it's been a very exciting MLS year. Um, I think the East has been pretty fascinating. I don't think a lot of people saw uh, Toronto taking the fall they've taken. Uh, they're currently no. in ninth place. I, I know that they played in back-to-back MLS uh, titles, and that wears the team down, and there are all these restrictions that come into place to kind of create yeah, fair I play and it. balance. Yeah, I think that's um, it. But to fall that far in what I would say the East has been the weakest it's been in a while, uh, I, I don't think that's an unfair statement. I, I still think they should be a playoff team at the minimum. I don't think the East has been, has been weak because I think, I think there have been some weak teams, um, specifically Orlando and Chicago. But, I mean, right now you've got D.C. playing really well. New England's playing pretty good. So is Montreal out of nowhere, and Philly is playing well. Columbus is doing Columbus things. Like I, I think Mon- Montreal's this is been solid, solid for, for a couple years now. You don't have those like teams like you have in the West with San Jose, Colorado, Houston, and Minnesota has been fine-ish, but Minnesota's taken big strides. It pains me Vancouver, to say that, but but the bottom the bottom five in the West are just trash they're hot garbage i mean i know vancouver has 34 points and they can say look we have 34 points we'd be in the playoffs in the east cool you have 34 points again you get to beat up on minnesota houston colorado san jose i'd have 34 points if i could play that many games against those teams i would say the defense of uh the west here is houston should be a lot better than they are uh vancouver should be better than they are I think realistically you should, based on how Seattle played most of the year, you should probably put them in the bottom and say you've been beating up on them. But, well, uh, yeah, you're right. Seattle, Seattle's been terrible all year until now. Yeah, I, I will say this. Uh, Seattle definitely um, has not, not been good. Um, but I would also say that uh, when they've had big games, they've shown up. Uh, they drew against Atlanta. Uh, I think they drew against Columbus. Well, they drew against um, Columbus. Columbus played with 10 men the whole game. Yeah, well, Columbus is a bunch of dirty cheaters. No, enjoy, it was, it enjoy was, Austin. Call it. It was, it was on at home. Oh, too low. <laughs> it was at home. It was at Seattle. We got a red card in like the first minute, and this yeah. Columbus still went on to get a draw. That was a big win for I, us and kind of a crap game for Seattle. Yeah, I mean, Seattle was crap at that point, so that's totally fair. Um, I will say, though, that they have played a lot better of recent. They're doing that thing where they're like, you know, let's just wait it out until the summer transfer window. We'll bring in a piece. Hopefully we can get hot at the right time and make a run. And that that definitely seems to be Seattle's uh, MO the last two years. Uh, And it seems to be this year as well. So the last three years, I guess, Seattle has chosen to get hot at the right time and that that goes a long way in a playoff system yeah you don't have to win it if you can get hot at the right time and uh play through um so i mean we can get more into seattle but uh do you want to talk about the crew and save the crew where that's at um i think we kind of not really (laughs) yeah it's been kind of a sad week for save the crew um Um, so yeah i'll 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 jump 
I'll quickly get into Please. it. I, I've I've talked a lot about it a lot of places. Um, the so where they stand right now is uh, Austin has voted to negotiate and execute an agreement with the crew owner for a stadium in Austin. So that means we're you know, using barring, in Austin pretty loosely. That's it's pretty ten miles out. outside of downtown Austin. Yeah, uh, which which is was, far, which is absolutely ridiculous because that's been one of his biggest complaints the crew's uh, psv or yeah. isn't that it psv's complaint yeah. is oh we're not downtown columbus yeah the stadium um, but, the columbus is two miles from downtown yeah i was gonna say but uh the, the stadium is gonna be where it's at in columbus is much closer to them where it will be in downtown yeah Austin. there are lots of issues with that um but barring any unforeseen kind of negotiation issues between the current crew owner and the city um there the agreement will be hammered out by october um they're trying to find a temporary location should they have a team in austin next season in 2019 but that's been difficult Texas, the university of texas has kind of said nope we don't want you um there's a baseball stadium a minor league baseball stadium that's there but it's a minor league baseball stadium so it has like 10,000 seats and i don't really think you want to go into Austin for your first year and say, look, we have 10,000 seats. Come yeah, look at our stadium. I, uh, there's, I think that's, a, that's frankly not a great look for MLS if they're trying to break into this Austin market that's notoriously fickle. And it's, you know, I'm trying to look where this location is compared to downtown Austin. And it's pretty far. Yeah, it's pretty very far. far. Dell Diamond Baseball Stadium is really, really far from Austin. It is about 15 miles from downtown. So if you're telling me that they would be okay with playing 15 miles from downtown for an entire season in a 10,000-seat stadium when you have a 20,000-seat stadium in Columbus in a city that has just the Save the Crew uh, group has gotten 11,000 deposits or I should say pledges for season tickets for next year should the team stay. That's as many as that entire stadium holds. So not sure what you're doing with that. That's a bad, bad look. Um, what I think is probably about if I had to – so that's that's what's happening in Austin. In Columbus, there's a lawsuit going on. Um You've, yeah. you've got mo- motions to dismiss happening September 4th, or uh, the argument, oral arguments. I don't think it'll be dismissed, so it'll move on. Um, there's a chance the team gets sold to local owners, stays in Columbus, and then somehow Austin becomes an expansion team. I think that's the best case scenario for everyone. Austin gets to take a year to build their stadium and then move on from there. Um, but I don't know. I think I'm going to put that at 51-49. It gets sold and they stay there, and versus them leaving i just i if dell diamond is where they play next year then austin is already dead and yeah that's, that's kind of where it stands it's i actually I should flip that it's 51 percent they they the, this team moves to austin starts playing there next year 49 they get sold and play in columbus next year um yeah and i i think the big issue here is just the austin thing is strange to me because of transit situations yeah. Um, if you're gonna be that far away, um, it it just seems weird to me that you don't have a transit system in place 
It's um, Texas. People don't want to take public transit even if it exists. And I, I think it's a car. It's a car state. It's car yeah, and, even, even uh, though it's Austin, it's cars. Yeah, and but my thing here is for Austin at least. Um, you're gonna want to try to attract the young fan, and all of the young fan is like people our age is downtown, and people our age aren't necessarily opposed to public transportation, um, especially in Austin, which is a little different. But you're right, it is a car place, but it's gonna be weird. It's just a bad. I MLS is gonna have a lot of dirt on their face after this, yeah, um, and that's. It, I don't know how they recover from this as an organization, it seems like more and more people are against this. It's like every time a team moves in the U.S., but this one just doesn't make sense. Um, I don't know. We've talked it's, about it. It's a it. bad idea. It's a bad idea fiscally, in my opinion, because what you're doing is MLS has propped itself up on these expansion fees, and you're foregoing what could be a lucrative expansion fee in Austin to let a guy move a team there. Yeah. Um, and and they, a guy who's proven to be... While I will com- commend his work hiring smart soccer people, business-wise, the crew have been a disaster since he came. The only good thing they've done is the new logo. That is it. Yeah. Otherwise, it's been a full disaster. Um, and that's, that's all on him. He's not run the team like a business. Excuse me for the joke, but he's not. He's run it like he wants it to fail. And that's probably the case. But if you look at the snafu, the multiple snafus in the Austin move, it's pretty clear he's an idiot. Yeah. Um, okay. While we're on the crew, still, um, we'll just we'll run through the East Conference standings as of right yeah, now. Let's do it. Uh, you you have the Red Bulls in first currently uh, by yeah. which by, is I, a, I think oh, it's a head to head. Yeah, they're they're tied with Atlanta. They both have the same amount of points. They Who both have gold today. Atlanta going to lose Yeah, there is a very good chance that Atlanta will lose today. Um, So right now, the standings are Red Bulls first, Atlanta United, uh, New York City, Columbus, Philadelphia, Montreal, and then you have New England, D.C., who's been playing well of late, uh, Toronto, Orlando, and Chicago. Uh, Just real quick on D.C., the Rooney edition has really sparked a fire in them. They have looked a lot better. Um, I'm amazed. Uh, Rooney looks like he cares, um, which is great. I'm very happy to see that, and I hope the best for him as a former United player slash Everton player. I'm sure you do as well. No, I don't. Um, I want him to be bad. I don't like Wayne Rooney. Oh, and I, I hate DC. I want DC to lose every game they play. Poor, poor hair plugs. Leave Rooney alone. Nah, I hate him. I hope he dies. No, I don't hope he dies. Whoa! I went too far. Uh, too far. <laughs> yeah, wow. He just went for it there. I also uh, think that's a bit of a I, – I, I don't know. I think it's a bit of a false narrative that they've played well since they got Rooney. Um, what was his first game? Do you, do you know the date? It's been like three weeks. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, maybe he's just stirring enough national attention in D.C. that it's giving the appearance that they, they've played better. So they've won, um, I, they've I won three matches, which is good. That's, they have. No, they have played better. But they've also played Colorado crap. So they uh, start – Hey, ask the LA Galaxy if the Crapids are crap. The teams that they that yeah, they've not been good. They they lost to Atlanta. They lost to New York Red Bulls. They beat Colorado. Cool. They tied Montreal at home. They That's big. barely beat 
Orlando last week with that weird yeah, Rooney that was play. that miracle. And then they had a good play. game against Portland when Rooney did it. Let's, if we're being honest, like you're right. If you pay any attention to how Rooney has been with DC, he's had two good games and they've been back to back games, and that's it. They play yeah. again today at New England. It's a huge playoff battle. New England's probably going to beat the crap out of them. Wayne Rooney's going to be so tired. It, they've got yeah. Brett, he's he's yeah. going to be finding out a lot about. This is, um, so they had an easy, a bit of an easy run. Their schedule moving forward, DC's is New England, tough game. New York, Red Bulls, really tough. Philly playing well, tough game. Atlanta, and then New York City. That if they don't get a bunch of points from that, they're done. That's yeah, they're they're, they're done. Out. That's it. Um, I will say the advantage for Rooney uh, and any player coming over um, is playing in the East is a lot more travel friendly yes, uh, than playing in is. the West. And it, that, that's going to benefit him a little bit in this tired leg scenario. Yeah. Um, but I think you're right. Yeah, maybe, maybe it is just the competition and just the national media about having Rooney here that has made it look a lot better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I'm a sucker for national media, so the fake news has corrupted me again. Uh, moving on, um, we ran through the table real quick. I think you made an interesting point the other day in that there are definitely tiers in the East. Do yeah. you want to you want to run through that real quick for yeah. our listener? The, so the East is pretty clearly divided itself up um, into currently three tiers, depending on how. Uh, Philly, Montreal, and New England do in their next few matches. It could be two tiers. Um, the first tier is Red Bulls, Atlanta, NYCFC, all within a point of each other at the top three. Um, and then you've got Columbus, who are eight points off of that pace. Um, and then they are, but they are six points ahead of Philly and six points ahead of Montreal. But they have Columbus has two games in hand over Montreal. Um, yeah. And one, I guess one thing to say for DC is DC has played five fewer matches than Montreal. And they have. Uh, and that, that, that goes into the tired Rooney legs theory is that You're at totally some point right. these games are going to start clumping together and that, that makes a huge difference. I think there are 34 games in the season. Um, and that being the case... Yeah, 34 games. So that means they have to play 13 games while uh, Montreal have eight. Yeah. And Columbus have 10. You know, Columbus yeah. have 10 to get to uh, more or less to get to 50 points. 50 points would be fully safe. Um, I think, you know, I think 47 is probably safe in the East. I, I think it is too. I think Columbus need like three to four wins to make the playoffs. I think um, if you're Columbus, you want to stay in the top four. Uh, yeah, you do. Preferably three, so you can host. Yeah, they, the they need to get to three. three. Just avoid Atlanta in the playoffs. Uh, well, yeah, avoid Atlanta. If you stay four, you're fine. You get to host the five. But I'm, okay, yeah. I'm not worried. Realistically, I'm not worried about any of the teams five through eleven. So if Columbus is going to lose to one of those teams, then they probably deserved it. Uh, It'll be a home match yeah. as long as they can stay in fourth. I'd rather be third, but whatever. I just want to avoid Atlanta in the second round. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. Okay. Uh, the good news is the second round is a home-and-home home series. Um, yep. So any, anything can happen in that. Uh, yep. We've seen it before um, with these home-and-home home series. If you can 
you know, grind out a 0-0 draw if you're the away team and then come out firing when you're home, you can steal, steal that win uh, and move on in the playoffs. It happens all the time in the MLS playoffs. And uh, yeah, I don't see any reason it wouldn't happen again. Uh, I do want to mention so. one thing about the crew before we oh, kind yeah, of, no, you're I'll, I'll wrap up with the crew and then we'll move out West and then we can finish up. Um, so they're playing pretty well this year, uh, despite lacking some production from the wings. The wings have been terrible. Um, the okay. one thing I do, the defense has been really, really good. So if Columbus can kind of get their offense scoring, then I think they're going to be a force to reckon with in the playoffs. Um, and the thing I want to mention is that despite Giassi's artist clearly being about equal to maybe not better than Ola Kamara and definitely not as good as Kai Kamara's uh, season. We drastically underrated how good Zardes is. No, no, I didn't. I didn't underestimate it at all. Um, (laughs) No, I didn't say you would be happy if there were 10 goals. He has what, like 16, 15? So Zardes has 14 goals right now. Yeah. So I, the the most the most goals he's ever had in a season is sixteen. That was his okay. great year when he was the future of the U.S. team. He had that year. He had eleven uh, expected goals, which means he was pretty lucky for the whole season. Um, this year he has fifteen expected goals and fourteen goals, which means he's scoring the goals he should. He has more xG. His xG is higher this year than in his best other season ever. So I think to me it's pretty easy to say that Giussi's artist is having his best year ever right now. So the crew have gotten a player playing his best year ever in a trade for another player who is not playing his best year ever. And that makes me happy. Yeah. Yep, that's uh, it. Crew will probably make the playoffs. I hope they stay in Columbus. Oh, they're definitely going to make the playoffs. We'll I, it, w- it would take an epic collapse for them not to make the playoffs, yeah, I think. I don't know. Uh, the Columbus is a late-season team, too. They usually are yeah, that, good that, to start out. They have a big lull in the middle, and then they go on a run at the end because uh, the coach does a lot of squad rotation, manager, yeah. and... Um, uh, Burhalter, I, yeah. I think we can safely say Burhalter is a top, top five manager. Oh, yeah, for sure. for sure. I, I, that would be silly to say anything else. Um while we're on the East real quick, uh, just, we'll talk about Atlanta United for Davis. Um, they're good. Uh, yeah, they're good. Their leading goal scorer has scored more goals than some teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, so He's going to uh, set the goal, the goal record this year yeah, for Joseph, Mar- Joseph Martinez, for anyone who doesn't know, is an exciting player. He has 26 goals, which means he has currently scored – more goals than let's see. Oh, never mind. No one now. Nice. So everyone has finally surpassed him. Uh, the lowest goal total in MLS appears to be 31, which is something the crew have only scored scored 31 goals. So, yeah. uh, what's uh, what's the crew's goal differential? Two. Yeah, not great, but yeah. not terrible. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you're gonna grind them out, you know. Uh, they're they're grinding this year. That's how you're going to do. Um, so there's that. Uh, so yeah, Atlanta's very good. Uh, you rightfully mentioned. Uh, I think most teams in the East kind of want to avoid them in the playoffs. Uh, they're very good, but they seem to be. Maybe I'm crazy in saying this. Does it feel like they're kind of faltering right now? Which team, Atlanta? Atlanta. Yeah. No, they're not. They're fine. Uh, you know, they drew with Toronto. The other day, so they fine. Um, worry about that. Uh, Joseph Martinez, obviously, or Joseph, they drew Seattle. 
Joseph Martinez is probably going to tie the MLS season goal record today against Columbus. Just which is insane. Twenty-seven. Yeah, he'll he'll hit thirty this year. I. It would be very strange if he did not. Yeah, he'll hit thirty. Uh, uh, I, so, I mean, it's fine. They're they're playing well. I. I, their defense is still a weak spot. I know people disagree with that, but I think their defense is still pretty weak. Um, you just have to be prepared to concede a goal, and if you can not let that get to you, you're fine. Um, yeah, they've allowed 28 goals this season, but scored 50. Um, yeah. So uh, just for reference, 28 goals allowed is right in the middle, I would say, for what yeah. teams allow. I think it's uh, th- that's skewed a little low because of how their possessions, which is great and fine, um, but you know it's still not great. Columbus has given up twenty nine. I think Columbus's defense is better than twenty nine, um, and I think Atlanta's defense is worse than twenty eight. Yeah, uh, I it, you know it's it's tough to say. Uh, like you said, you know. They get up a lot, and you, once you do that, yeah, I do want to check quickly the team team expected goals against. Um, I think that is more indicative of me to how good the team is. Columbus's expected goals against is twenty five, which means so they've gotten four pretty less. unlucky. That's uh, less than their current twenty five. Columbus actually has the lowest xG against in the entire league, which to me says a lot more about their defense than. Yeah, given up how many they have. Where, Atlanta's where, XG where, against is twenty nine or twenty eight point seven. So, so right where they're at. Yep. Uh, so it's uh, actually, I, which is good for fifth in the fourth in the entire league. So cool. Yeah. Just throw my throw my Atlanta defense hate away. Uh, well, maybe. I mean, you know, you, you last year said that their defense was a weak point, and uh, they they got knocked out early in the playoffs, and. Um, so you just again the playoffs are a wrinkle in this whole thing. You just don't know where someone is going to end up. Um, yep. So let's go west. Uh, yeah, let's let's do it. Being, uh, we're, we'll we're just taking forever. I know. Yeah, we'll run through the west standings real quick. Uh, FC Dallas is in first place. Sporting Kansas City, uh, LAFC, which has been a surprise. Uh, Real Salt Lake, the Galaxy, Portland Sounders, Vancouver. United, Dynamo, Colorado, San Jose. Um, obviously, you can write off pretty much everyone the last three that Dynamo, Colorado, and San Jose are a dumpster. They have no chance of making the playoffs. Um, I would throw out Minnesota United and Vancouver, but uh, they're both kind of streaky teams, and if they yeah, can right. put something together, uh, they could sneak into the playoffs. I agree. Uh, God, the Galaxy are bad. I hate to do this to Renee, but they are Ugh. just awful. They got shelled yesterday by the Sounders, five to nothing. Uh, I don't know if I actually agree anymore about Minnesota because they're eight points out of sixth, and they only have nine matches left. So they okay. have to average. What is their PPG this year? Um, twenty-five Not, over twenty-nine, like one point something. Uh, uh, it's one point one six. So yeah, I mean, they, that'll 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 get them to the nine points, but that means they would just be tied. So I think they're probably done. Yeah, um, you're probably right. Uh, Vancouver's kind of in the well. Vancouver's got five more points than them. Uh, yeah, Vancouver's still in the games hunt. left. Yeah, uh, they're so, in the hunt. Yeah. Um, so and Vancouver will have big games. I think they still have games against Seattle and Portland. 
um, and obviously for Cascadia Cup implications as well as playoff implications, those games will mean a lot. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Galaxy, there are their defense is bad. I know yesterday is kind of an outlier. They had no DPs play. It was yeah. an away game, but you cannot lose five to nothing. Yeah. Um, yikes, that was that was scary. Uh, they've also played really poorly against bottom teams. Uh, they drew Colorado the other day when they just needed to close out. Their defense is porous, uh, and I, I just don't know how they hang on to a playoff spot. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm not trying to be rude to Renee, but they have just not looked good of recent. Um, on the inverse of that, we have touched on this. Seattle has uh, found form and is playing really well, uh, which goes against me saying that I was out on this team uh, two months ago. So <laughs> uh, I guess I'm going to eat crow here and say I'm back in. Um, I have raved this year about their youth development. Their youth development has been very good this year. They have won many tournaments for youth development, and it gives me excitement about their future going forward. Uh, but it appears that the Rio Diaz-Ladero uh, combo is just freaking terrifying. Uh, those two play very well together, and Seattle has played very well against good competition. Um, so... I, I think they have right now, according to 538, they have an 80% chance of making the playoffs. Um, and I, I think they do it. Uh, what they do in the playoffs is yet to be seen, but they beat an FC Dallas team uh, last week. So that was a big, a big milestone checkpoint for them was to see how they played in that game. Um, sporting Kansas City is boring as hell. Can we just say it? Yeah, they're, they're boring. Good, I, they are I don't like watching boring. them play. I hate boring. it. They're good, but they are just not fun to watch. Um, I, I think that's fair. That's not really mean. Acknowledging uh, they're good. Yeah, uh, LAFC, I think we mentioned, has been a shocker. They have played really well. Uh, they're going to be in the playoffs. And I, I honestly think ugh, they have a real chance of winning the West. I Well, I, with all their attacking, they do. Yeah, they have a solid keeper. That mm-hmm. helps. Uh, their defense can be kind of poor. Because their keeper makes up for it. He does, uh, yeah. I bet they're... I, I I'll have to check a, that out. That is a big problem for the Galaxy. I do not think Bingham is good. Uh, I think he's fine. Yeah. The couple games I've watched from the Galaxy, I have not been impressed with his keeper play. Um, but that's just me. Uh, you know, I haven't watched every single game. Renee probably has better in-depth thoughts about that. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, Oh, interesting. I, I don't really know if we want to talk about the West too much. I, I do think it's the worst conference overall. Um, I just think, you know, I don't know. Its bottom is bad. The bottom is bad. The middle is solid. The middle is um, fine. I think seven up, you can say, is fine. I also don't think the top is particularly strong. I think that's the big difference. The top three in the East, no. even yeah. though the points are similar, are far and away the top three in the entire league. And then I think I would personally put Columbus with behind probably that next, those top three from the West. And then, yeah, I, I think that's fair. And then I, I would, I, I'd have Columbus at like seventh in the league. And that actually is exactly where they would be with points. So there you go. Yeah. I think Real is kind of the outlier here in the top four for the West. Uh, they obviously good. played two more games in Seattle, three more games in Portland. 
Um, these, these standings are going to change. Goal differential. What the heck? How's that? Well, possible? Montreal is minus nine, I think. So yeah, but the, there are multiple teams below them. There are three, four yeah. teams below them that have a positive goal differential, including tenth place Houston, which is insane. Yeah, so I, I, I just think that's going to change. Uh, I think both Portland and Seattle jump Real and L.A. I think yeah. the top top five ends up being kind of what it is in Portland and Seattle coming in at fourth and fifth, respectively. I think you're right, yeah. Um, and then after that, six spots going to be interesting. But uh, that, that kind of sums up the West. I don't really know what else to say. Um, FC Dallas is good. Um, yeah, they're good. They're still going to lose in the first or second round of playoffs, but they're good. I will say, yeah, getting rid of what's-his-name was a shocker to me. Um, why can't I think of his name? Uh, help me here. He was uh, kind of the heart and soul of that team for a long time. Moro Diaz? Is that who it is? Yes, I want to say. Let me double-check that. I don't want to be wrong. Yeah, like I, I'm right. I was right. They yeah. got rid of him in July. Yeah, I, I, I was in the blown UAE. away by that. Um, He's only 27. Yeah, it was crazy. So I, I don't know how that's going to help them going forward. I know. Nope. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know. Um, so there's that. Uh, I think we can safely wrap up this podcast up. We've gone a long time. Uh, yeah, so, United lost, so there you go. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Manchester United, absolute poop. Uh, there are going to be Lol. calls for his head. So Lul. they lost three to two. Uh, so uh, the chance for Josie being out are going to be loud and strong. So there's that. Josie out. Uh, yeah. So uh, that's it for me. Do you have any final thoughts? I don't. Go cruise. Save uh, the cruise. Stay in Columbus. Yeah. Please don't leave. Davis, Davis, do you have any final thoughts? Oh, well, you guys, uh, I just want to throw out there that all the Red Sox players are doing steroids, and, uh, you know, we're a bunch of cheaters, and we're going to get knocked down right away in the playoffs. That, that has wow. nothing to do with soccer, Davis. So that was Surprising. a little weird. Yeah, I, I just shocker. Uh, he's probably right, it though. It was hot. Mookie Betts and Martinez are probably doing steroids. He's probably right. So uh, I think that wraps it up. So uh, thank you from all of us at Hello from the Offside. Uh, hopefully we'll have a full – full group coming soon and hopefully we'll pick this back up for our single listener uh, uh, uh it's whoever's opal. mom it is it's opal right opal opal's yeah. a big fan yeah i'm sure so uh so that's exciting so uh yeah uh thank you everyone and yeah goodbye from the offside